good morning, good evening, or good afternoon, wherever you are listening to, wherever you are at in the world right now, we are the Double Tech Podcast. I am here with my co-host, Trent Bally, and we are here to deliver some S-tier sports content for you guys. Trent, how are we doing on the other side of the screen there? S-tier sports content. Yeah, just when I think that there's, we've run out of adjectives or ways to describe our coverage on this show, bam, Ethan with a little spin zone. <laughs> Hit you in the blind spot. I'm good, E. Uh, I had a great weekend. Went to Universal Studios with uh, down here in Orlando with my brother. That was a I great time. Amusement yeah. parks are not just for kids. It was awesome to just go shut your brain off and just go be a kid and forget about life for a while. It was a great time. But I'm back now. We got a big interview planned today. Life is good. Yes, yes. And uh, just like Trent said, we have a massive interview planned for you guys with one of our best friends, with one of our go-to guys, hometown homies. Call it whatever you want. He's a star defenseman for the University of Maine Black Bears hockey team. His name is David Brazil, and you can catch that interview at the end of this podcast. But Trent, it's a little mano y mano right now. We got a little we got a little duo action going on, and we got some stuff to get into. So why don't we start? Um, can I tell can I open up with a little bit of a story first? Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for your permission, Trent. Um, so <laughs> if you didn't know, if you're a listener and you didn't know, I am a middle school teacher. And we had a pep rally this past Friday. And they needed some teacher volunteers to participate in some of the activities. And one of the activities was a staff versus student dodgeball game. And let me tell you something. That was the quickest <laughs> sign-up I ever, I ever did sign up for. And... You listen, you enter a pep rally full of middle school students and you section off half of this gym for a staff and student dodgeball game. I don't think I've played under a bigger crowd in my entire life. Let me rowdy. Tell you that. Yeah, rowdy. It, it got rowdy really quick. And uh, let me tell you something, man. That that ball was getting slung out there. That ball was getting slung. Soared up the arm a little bit, but um, the environment, I know a, a general theme of this story is last. Last week, you had talked about the NCAA basketball being one of the better environments to participate in. How about a staff versus student dodgeball game? How about you throw that environment in there and talk yeah. about talk about electricity, talk about hype, talk about all of the great things that come with sports, emotions, and all of that. But it was a fun man, and it was it's all about the kids. So it was a good time. Got a lot of good banter, and a lot of a lot of people like talking smack. I'll say that much. Oh, I but, can um, imagine. I, I can that, imagine. And I'm sure you I'm sure you went right at it. Grab the bull by the horns oh, yeah. and just compete, baby. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And uh so on that on that topic, I wanted to ask you, we grew up in a place where there was intramural sports. You went to a college where there was intramurals, rec leagues. What were your favorite intramural sports to play or rec league sports to play with other people? I, dude, I loved – this is kind of off the board. I loved wiffle ball because that's kind of like – you don't get to do that a whole lot. And I remember Coach L, shout out Coach Lapschick, used to set up like the bases and everyone like, – like it was a full-on – you play in a gym and it's like playing in an actual ballpark. you got to hit the back wall to go yard. Like that's hard to do. And that was always, <laughs> that was that was always a good time. Um, and then, of course, obviously, I mean basketball. Ethan, you know, like growing up, we just – with our buddies, it was always basketball. But, you know, that's a little obvious. So I'll go wiffle ball a little off the board. I love to be some intramural wiffle ball. Great time. 
You know what? You know what game was a sleeper pick though? Sideline football. You remember some sideline <laughs> football? You remember dude. some sideline football, dude? Sideline football walked so seven v seven could run. That's that's all I'm gonna say. Sideline football broke up some friendships. Like people were people got to the point where they were so hot and so angry. And and Coach L would always do that. You want to make an interesting thing and next score wins, even if you're blowing a team out forty-seven to seven. It's like you want to make it interesting. And everyone's like, no, yeah. dude. <laughs> but it was to, great. That's a like, good ball to me. To me, that's an all-time gym game solely for the fact that like you threw in that wrinkle where you could throw it off the wall. So that just added a whole nother like dimension to the game that you had to play for. You're talking about game theory at that point. Theory at that point. You're talking about What's the most bang for our buck per possession? Would have loved to see some stats back in the day for that game. But um, Trent, moving <laughs> on here, <laughs> can I tell you? Can I tell you another sport that I've gotten to get a little involved with this year? Yes, go for it. Tell me all a about sport, it. A sport that uh, that I've really been exposed to is, and it's really big here in Nebraska, is wrestling. And I never saw myself as a wrestling type of person. I didn't wrestle in high school or middle school or anything like that. But, man, I've gotten to watch a couple of matches now, and it's pretty fun to watch, if I'm being honest. It's pretty fun to watch, and it's pretty cool to learn about, like, what counts for points, different weight classes. I love the weight class thing because usually you look at a wrestling team and you look at the biggest guy, and you're like, well, that kid must be the best. But you're like – hitting that guy against everyone else in their weight class. So I thought that was pretty cool. Have you ever been, have you ever been a wrestling uh, person or whatever? Never never have gotten into it a little bit, but I, I do appreciate – I have the same appreciation you have as far as, like, the weight class thing because you could have a guy that's, like, 140 pounds and he's just a pit bull. Like, he's just a yeah. – he's, he's all brick. And he's going to go after the same guy that's, like, an even playing field, you know? So that's – that part is really interesting. I think it's always – it's cool to have the level playing field in sports, you know, like it, boxing, I guess, does a similar thing and UFC and that sort of stuff. But wrestling doesn't get the same love and it should. I'm with you. Yeah. And it's like not if you are like this, like super strong dude in your weight class and you're like an athlete, you're not like guaranteed to win because you have to have some sort of technique. You have to have like the grapples, like the drill work. you got to be able to like work your way out of situations. And I honestly think it's kind of artistic a little bit. Like, it is truly an art to, like, know how to shift your body weight, know how to, like, work against what, you, what, you're, up, what you're up with. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I just wanted to touch on yeah, that. Right. Some, of my, some of my students asked me to talk about wrestling, and I, and I truly do think it's a, it's a cool sport. I just never gotten too much into it. Yeah, but, I'm the same. I'm the same. I don't know much about it. Yeah. And you know what? We'll see. We'll see as the years go on. College – College wrestling, I think, is nearing the end of its season right now. High school is in, like, the state championship season where they're doing, like, district tournaments and stuff. So it's pretty cool to be in on the hype with that. But let's talk about some headlines. There's not many headlines. We're going to keep this kind of shorter because of this interview we got. There's not many headlines. Let's talk. I really, really want to touch on NBA All-Star Weekend because it feels like a chore to watch this every year. It, it, it's not enjoyable anymore. It, it just sucks, Trent. It sucks, and I think it's our place to voice our opinions about it. 
Yeah, we talked on the last time we did a show. I mean, we took last week off just for some logistical scheduling reasons, but we're back. And we were talking about last weekend. We're like, are you going to watch? And you and I were both like, well, yeah, I mean, we'll probably watch just because we're sports fans and that's what we do. But, like, I don't – I'm not looking forward to it. And that's exactly what happened. If the players don't care, why should I care? I'm not going to watch a game where there's zero level of competition. It ain't even like – I mean, Luca was pulling up from, like, 80. It's like, what, 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 why is this is not entertaining? It was brutal. I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, I turned on even the dunk contest, dude. The dunk contest was so horrible. And like, I just, I don't even know how to fix it. But there is a piece of me that's like, once you do so many dunks, it's kind of hard to continue to come up with new stuff. You know, like the heyday of the dunk contest was like, Vince Carter, T-Mac, and then you move on to Dwight Howard, and you move on to, you know, Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine a few years back. But, like, it, you got to get to a point where it seems a little repetitive, wouldn't you think? Totally. That's, that's like, you, you talk about T-Mac and Vince. Even before that, it was, like, Dominique and Jordan, and they talk about how iconic that stuff is. And it's like, if you go watch that dunk contest, it's just like a double clutch and put it in or Jordan jumping from the free throw line, which a ton of guys can do now. Like it's nothing outside the box. It's just back then they had the advantage of like, they didn't have to get that creative. They just had to make it look powerful and cool and the crowd would love it. And nowadays you're right. Everyone's done everything twice over. And that's why we get dudes putting on Superman capes and jumping over cars and jumping over hoverboards and blowing out cupcakes. Whenever they bring whenever they bring something or someone from the audience, I'm I already know it's about to be a terrible dunk. I'm like, <laughs> I'm so not, over yeah. the celebrity, whatever it is. Ugh. Ugh. I will say though, best part of All Star Weekend, Steph Curry versus Sabrina Ias Ionasco. Ionescu. Ionescu. I- yes, that was the best part. I'm best part. Let's do that again. We could even I would I would say let's get some more NBA versus WNBA players in there. Do like a team thing because that was cool. Um, but yeah, moving on from that, I obviously don't want to spend too much time. It's just like it's like a deflated balloon, man. It's like you you turn on All Star Weekend and you let the balloon go, and then you're just disappointed every single time. <sighs> anyways, anyways, yeah, we're we're off to the second half of the NBA season, which means. Games should become more interesting at this point as playoff implications are now on the line, which they have been all year, but NBA players probably wouldn't tell you that. Let's talk about some college hoops. Trent, I want to, I want to focus. We, again, we did that two week ago podcast. We introduced a segment where you're going to teach me and teach the audience about two teams that you think are rising and two teams that you think are falling as of right now. We got selection Sunday in two weeks. So let's talk about that. But uh, Trent, I want to hear your opinion a little bit. Give me two teams that are rising and two teams that are falling. Two teams that are rising. Number one, the St. John's Redmen. Actually, I think they're oh. the Red Storm now because it was that was politically incorrect. But St. John's, <laughs> Rick Pitino called his guys out a couple weeks ago, said no one plays hard, no one's quick laterally, all this stuff. And then he comes back on senior night, or I don't know if it was senior night, but it was a whiteout. He's wearing the all-white suit. St. John's beats Creighton. A yeah, huge win yeah. for St. John's. And now St. John's, if you look at, depending on who, which bracketologist you like to look at, they're right in that either last four in or first four out bubble. They're right there, and they're rising, baby. they still got a couple games left on the schedule. Keep an eye on the red storm. I got it right that time. Um, <laughs> second team that's rising, and this is a team that really, I shouldn't say has no chance to make the tournament, 
but it's just interesting what's happened here. Ohio State fired Chris Holtman, and ever since then, I don't I don't think they've lost. Now I, this weekend, I wasn't able to pay a whole lot of attention to the to the action. But e last podcast, I said Purdue was due for a big loss, and you and I were talking about how Purdue is just going to Purdue. And even though they're trending up, the big loss is still coming. Ohio State beat Purdue like the next day after yeah. the record. So Ohio State's on the rise, beat Michigan State at the Brez, which is, you know, this season at least hard to do. So credit to Ohio State. Now two teams that are falling. And one of these teams is free falling. The other team is just I want to see. I have one in my head, and I want to see if you're going to name it. I want to see if you're going to okay. name it. I have one in my head. Do you want to say it first? Yeah. Go was for Kansas, it. Was Kansas on your list? Not on my list, but I considered them. I considered okay. them. Okay. Because okay. Um, you're right. They're on a slide. But Michigan State, I know I got the flag behind me, but it's That's it's tough. it's just tough. I mean, we're at the point where it's almost like they're kind of making the tournament on merit and just on, like, program history. And I don't think that's right, for one. And I also think it's pathetic for a team that has so much senior leadership and fifth-year leadership in guys like Malik Hall and Tyson Walker and A.J. Hogard and Jaden Akins, and they're all coming up short time and time again. Now, I'm not blaming them for losing to Purdue last night because Purdue was 10-point favorites, but losing at home to uh, Iowa and Ohio State in the same week, that's brutal. Like, that can't happen. Those are two teams that aren't going to make the tournament, but you're clearly just not taking things very seriously. So Michigan State, I think a couple weeks ago, I kind of felt like if all things went right, they could get up to maybe the five line, five or six seed. Now it's looking like eight or nine at best, and that means you got to play a one seed in the second round. So, Sparty, get it together. Uh, next team that is on a slide, Illinois. Um, I think they were as high as eighth in the nation a couple weeks ago. Now they're down to 16, looking like a four seed. And if you're doing the math, if they're 16, they're the last four seed, which means if you fall to the five line, you mix in a little bit of Brad Underwood's history there as a coach. He's not great in March, so – if you're a five seed, there's usually a five versus 12 upset in the first weekend, and that could be something that happens to Illinois. I just think the writing's on the wall for those dudes. So a uh, team I was once pretty high on, the Fighting Illini, now I'm low on them. And I know I just gave you out of that list of four teams, the risers and fallers, I gave you three out of four Big Ten, but that's just – naturally that's what I watch the most. So yeah. there you go. T-Bow's a Big Ten guy, and uh, Trent, I, I love how – you, I, this is another reason why this segment is so important because the story I feel like every year is teams that get hot at the right time. Yep. So if you're looking at these two teams that are kind of like falling right now, it's not a good look with uh championship week coming up and selection Sunday being a couple Sundays from now. So I, I love this segment. The big 10 is, is looking kind of rough with uh barring obviously, you know, your Purdue's and, Whoever else is up there. It's kind of funny. I feel like I pay attention to like the teams that are not in the big 10. Like it's like, I I've been watching, obviously I've been exposed to some big East basketball with, with Creighton who, by the way, go blue Jays, by the way, I'm a big Creighton guy now. The big East Ethan is the prettiest basketball in the country. It's the best. I mean, like it, it is just pure basketball, pick and pop, making the right plays not turning the ball over. You got these coaches who are just absolutely animated on fire on the sidelines. Big East basketball is just chef's kiss. So I'm yeah. with you on that. That's great. Trent, can I give you can I give you who who's a low key pick that I think is going to do do some good things this year in the tournament? Who you got? Baylor. 
<laughs> the Baylor Bears out of Waco, right. Texas. I, I watched it now. This might be recency bias. I watched the game the yesterday where they beat Kansas, but man, they got some hoopers on their team. And they got, I would say, one of the better backcourts in the country. And they got this young center who's like insanely long, opens up the game with like a poster dunk. It was crazy. But um, and that's probably why I think Kansas is being sucky lately and Baylor's been good because they just played yesterday. But I'm telling you, I'm buying Baylor right now. I'm buying them. Hey, buying hey, like, like you said, though, E, this isn't this isn't the NBA where it's a seven game series. I mean, this is like survive in advance, better go home. So you have to pick the teams that are trending in the right direction. And right now, I'd agree with you, man. Baylor looks, I don't want to say as good as anyone, because I think they're probably in like the 1A category, but they're going to be a top. I mean, I think they'll be like a three or four seed in the tournament. So keep an eye on them. Yeah. I think they have them at a three seed. I think they have Baylor and Creighton at three seeds right now, which are the two teams okay. that I'm looking at. Those are your teams. Um, those are my teams, man. Those are my teams. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, let's talk really quick. I mean, there's not much to talk about, man. The NFL QB carousel or whatever you want to call it is happening as of right now. Nothing major has happened. I wanted to ask you, do you think the Chicago Bears should keep Justin Fields or do you think that ship has long sailed? I think it should have sailed. I don't know if it has. No one knows what's going on in Chicago because you hear conflicting reports all the time. And this happens every year with whoever has the number one pick unless it's like a Trevor Lawrence or an Andrew Luck, and it's like everyone's like, yeah, they have to take him. The Bears' situation's weird because of Fields. They 100% should pick Caleb Williams and get whatever they can, even if it's 50 cents on the dollar for Justin Fields. That ship has sailed, like you said earlier. You, you bring in Caleb Williams, who like people are literally comparing him to Patrick Mahomes. I know it's all the hype and the hoopla, but he at least has shown that he can throw the ball. Fields hasn't. So I'm curious what your thoughts are on this situation, but I think the Bears, and I'm saying this as a Lions fan, I would love if they held on to Fields and they tried to build around him because that's going to crash and burn in about a year and a half. Yeah. Uh, pick Williams, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, so like, I guess when, when you talk about NFL free agency, there's there's that part behind the scenes that I feel like we just don't get to see. And I think that part involves like the blowing smoke. And part of me thinks the Chicago Bears are just blowing a little bit of smoke right now to kind of increase trade value for Justin Fields, maybe. I don't know if that's in their cards. I think the go-to option, like you said, should be get rid of Fields, but I don't think he was that terrible. Like, I don't think he was, like, bad. I think no, if no, you no, look no. at he, it, he I just – I, I don't think he was terrible at all. I just think when you have Williams available whose ceiling is a lot higher, I just feel like you got you yeah. got to take that. Because you got to remember the Bears passed on Mahomes to pick Mitch Trubisky back in 2017. So let's not repeat history. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see, I guess, the developments that come out with that in the next week. When is the NFL draft, by the way? April – it's in Detroit. April 20. I don't know. Let me look that up real quick. Hey, hang on. NFL Draft 2024. It is on April 25th, 26th, 27th. Okay. There you go. Cool. So we got some time still. Man, I, I, I hope some I hope some crazy happens there because it's always fun when the league gets shaken up on draft night. Uh, Trent, spring training has officially begun for the MLB. Do you have any thoughts about that? Are you excited for baseball to start up? Are you excited for the Detroit Tigers like I am? 
I think we're going to make a run this year. I think we're going to make a run this year. That could just be the wishful thinking Detroit fan in me. But what do you think? Yeah, I, I love spring training. I went to a game actually on Friday. I saw the Tigers play the who – did, who did they even play? The Phillies. Tigers beat them 4-1, hit three bombs. It was great. They've got a lot of young players that I think might take steps. Riley Green, Spencer Torkelson are like the obvious ones. But then you've also got the guys in the pitching staff, Matt Manning, Tara Scoobel, Casey Mize, Parker Meadows out in center field. It's going to be a really fun team to watch because they're young dudes. And I'm with you. Tigers playing a bad division. And they got, they got a real chance there to win that thing, make the playoffs for the first time since 2014 it was, 10 years. Like, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm excited. The juices are flowing for baseball in general. We got, what do we got here? Juan Soto on the Yankees. We got yeah. Shohei Otani on the Dodgers. And I know he's not pitching this year, but he's still going to rake. Oh, like, he's a not? Lot. Yeah, I he had Tommy John surgery. Yeah, so oh. I don't think he's pitching. But he's still going to hit. So mm. there's that. So there's a lot of storylines to follow this year. It's going to be fun. I I'm, I love baseball, even though people say it's dying. Baseball's always going to have its baseball fans. And, yeah, um, and I've I've actually grown to liking baseball. I love that it's on like every single day, like yeah. early too. Like it's on at like one p.m., like twelve p.m. Central Time, which is a good time for sports to be on. Uh, so I personally am, am a fan of, of baseball and the fact that I can like have something to follow throughout the year. But uh, let's let's move on past this. Again, obviously, there's not many headlines, so there's not much to talk about. We want to get you guys to this interview. But, you know, we got to end with the bread and butter. We got to end. Before we send you to the interview, we got to end with our our go-to segment here, the throne room and the doghouse. Trent, I'm, I'm truly excited for this one. I, I, I think I got some good picks here. I don't know how you're feeling about yours, but you mind if I start us off with the throne room? Go for it. I'll tell you another sport I've gotten into, Trent. Premier League England soccer. (laughs) I am sold on the English Premier League. I am a fan. And my throne room pick, who is deserving of their crowns, is the Aston Villa Football Club. (laughs) This is so out of left field. But um, let me tell you something. Currently, they are fourth in the EPL. Currently, they are fourth, which means that if the league ended today, they would be top four in EPL and they would move on to the Champions League, which it would be the first time that that's happened since the 80s or the 90s, I think. Oh, wow. Okay. So Aston Villa hype is very real right now. They just had a game against Luton Town yesterday. Let me tell you something about Luton Town. Luton Town is in the relegation squad. They're bottom three. Early in that game, Aston Villa goes up 2-0. 2-0 in the match. Second half starts and Luton Town ties it up 2-2. And everyone's like, yo, this is like a bust. Luton Town's in relegation. How is it tied up? The very end of the game, I think it was an extra time, like 93rd minute or something. Aston Villa hits a cross and a header. And you talked, Trent, you talked lat- or two weeks ago about the best environments. Let me tell you something about these Premier League games, man. These people are nuts. They like sometimes will like pan to the crowd after the goals. And these people are like standing on the rafters, like with their shirts off. And, you know, like my favorite announcers are like soccer announcers, especially when like a goal score, it just goes absolutely nuts in those stadiums. And I just, I, it is like a bucket list thing of mine to go to like the Derby match, for example, like Manchester United and Manchester city, which was today actually. 
uh, Man City won that. But that would be a dream to like witness some sort of situation like that. But anyways, my throne room pick is going to Aston Villa. Uh, shout out Ollie Watkins. Ollie Watkins, come on the pod. We'd love to have you. Uh, but shout out to the club. They got big things going on over there in England. Trent, over to you. I love that, by the way. There's there's no denying that soccer or football, as they call it, which is the correct term, uh, over in England and in the Champions League and all that good stuff. I mean, they nothing. Even for as big as American football is here, no country, no culture gets behind a sport more than the footballers do, and it's great. Um, my throne room, a little bit of a cop-out, but I, I have to give this man some credit. LeBron James reached 40,000 points. Over the weekend, 40,000 points, 10K assists, 10K rebounds, the only player to do all three. And I know we kind of hear that. And we're just like, yeah, whatever, like because we hear stuff about LeBron all the time, just random milestones. But I just think we're so numb to the greatness that I like to point it out when I can. So shout out to LeBron. Obviously, Lakers are still not really doing a whole lot. I think they're like ninth. They're in the play-in picture, which if you remember last year, they were in the play-in, and then they ended up getting the seventh seed, and they right. upset the Grizzlies in round one, if you call it upset. but. Um, so we'll see what they do, but they're definitely not contenders this year, but uh, they're all right. LeBron's always fun to watch and always plays, but that's my, that's my crown. My crown goes to the King fitting crown goes to the King fitting. And, uh, also speaking of milestones, shout out Caitlin Clark. She was our throne room pick a couple weeks ago, just past Pete Maravich today as the highest scorer in the history of the NCAA for the sport of basketball. That's men's and women's shout out Caitlin Clark, who, who is, who is no stranger to the throne room. Trent, uh, good pick with LeBron there. Uh, it's kind of chalky, but we'll take it. Um, it is chalky. It is. It's, it's a milestone. It's. A, I mean, no one else is in the 40K club, so right. it's yeah. deserving. It's deserving. Let's go to the the doghouse here. And Trent, I would be remiss if I didn't mention this man's name in this podcast. My doghouse pick is going to Adam Silver, commissioner for the NBA. We gotta change All Star Weekend. We have to do something about it. It is. An atrocity. It is horrific to watch. It is boring. It is so anticlimactic. Also, why was it in Indianapolis? Because there was no crowd noise ever throughout that entirety. It, it, like I said earlier, it just felt like a chore watching Terrible. this thing. Man. Yeah, I felt like I, I, I don't even know. I was like watching a youth basketball game where one team's just getting killed. I mean, I, I had the game on with my girlfriend and like, she was like, what are you watching? Like, I thought it was all-star weekend. I'm like, yeah, they do this all-star game. And she like came out and she was like, oh my gosh, like that's a really high score. It was like, it was like 190 to like 180 or something like that. And she was like, why are you watching this? And I was like, I, I don't know. To be honest. It's yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. a good question. I'm going to change. We're going to watch some law and order SVU. Actually, we're going to turn this off right now. Ah, anyways, Adam Silver, make some changes, man. Why don't you listen to the people? We want to see more. We want to see something competitive. We want to see something entertaining. Please change something. Adam Silver, this is your call. Trent, doghouse to you, sir. I had a little bit of a different pick for this, but I'm going to pivot in the spirit of what you just said because I think for as many problems as the NBA has and Adam Silver needs to get behind some of that, Rob Manfred and the MLB this offseason – and the timeline has been brutal. I don't know if, how much you followed free agency, but the way they, they don't put a deadline on anything, so guys can just wait it out. Here we are at spring training, and there's still some marquee guys available, and it's ridiculous. Um, it would be great for your sport if you had a, a 
a hot free agency period where people would actually talk about baseball a little bit. But nope, let's just have Scott Boris own all the blue chip guys, make everyone come to him in early to mid-March, and no one talks about baseball all offseason unless like Shohei Otani does something crazy, which he did. So, Rob Manfred, I know a lot of MLB fans that hate you. Get it together. Uh, folks, this has been a doozy of an episode. We have a fantastic interview planned for you. We're going to head right over to that. It is with me and Trent's lifelong friend, David Brazil, who is one of the best defensemen that the University of Maine Black Bears has on their squad right now. He's got a bright future. He's insanely passionate about the game of hockey. He's insanely passionate about life. We truly do hope that you listen to that. And maybe you go shoot David Brazil a follow on Instagram, Twitter, whatever you want to do. Become a Black Bears fan, as me and Trent have. Uh, we're so bought in. And uh, hopefully you learn something or take something away from this interview. But Trent, before we go, let's send it over to the interview in classic fashion. Do you have a projection for us? We do our reflection with David in the interview. Do you have some famous last words for us, Trent? I sure do. Going to the great Sean Carter, a.k.a. Jay-Z. He says, youngins, I's grilling me. Oh, you're not feeling me. Fine. It costs you nothing, so pay me no mind. Shout out to David. It said ice, and that's the only reason I thought of hockey. <laughs> ice grilling. It's a completely that's different awesome. term. Not a hockey term at all, but yeah. with further ado. We are here with the one and the only Mr. David Brazil, defenseman for the University of Maine, Black Bears, Black Bear Nation, rise up. David, more importantly, lifelong great friend of me and Trent. David, how are you doing today, buddy? What's up, boys? Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here. I miss, uh, miss seeing you guys all the time, but uh, doing well up here in Maine. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's an interesting vibe because we are. We're used to seeing each other all the time. We went to high school together, had a lot of run-ins in the early years of college but now you're all the way in the pacific or the atlantic northeast atlantic. this isn't a geography yep. podcast this is a sports Thank podcast Don't but, um, which i yeah. do i do love that by the way i love that dave is in maine because it really does emphasize you know we got david who's in maine we got me in florida we got ethan in in the midwest so like we really are stretching almost coast oh. to coast here we're doing the best we can we're running that we're running we're running that triangle offense yeah we are yeah we are stay out of the triangle <laughs> Nothing's, nothing's penetrating that. Dave, I can already <laughs> hear your Canadian accent start to like. Oh, come on. Come together here. I no can shot. already hear it. Yep. You've already, well, you've already, I mean, you're, you're already different. I've been living <laughs> with Canadians the past three years. I mean, 80% of our team is Canadians. And my roommate my freshman year and my roommates last year and this year, all Canadians. So I'm just around it all the time. And. Uh, I think you just start picking up on it a little bit. And it's like also kind of like the hockey lingo thing too. But yeah. now I start just talking Canadian and stuff. So it's all right. I'm learning a little bit of French as well. But don't test me on Are that. you? Yeah, well, just just well, from the boys. We got so many French. We got, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a lot of French boys on the team. So um, you got to try and pick up. They start – they'll be talking in the locker room. And then you'll hear your name come up. And like – I was like, what would you say? I'm like, talking, you talking about me right now? And they're speaking French. And you're like – you know, you got to fill me in on what's going on here. It's ridiculous. So um, sometimes good things, sometimes bad things, but it's uh, it's jokes in the locker room. They're probably talking about how you foul out of every single pickup basketball game that you've ever played. <laughs> Come on. Come on. There's no fouls. <laughs> if, there, if there were, I'd never get to play. 
So Dave, that was actually one of my first questions. So for those of you listening, listeners of the pod, followers of me and Trent, you knew that we grew up in Grand Rapids, Michigan. That's where David's roots have been as well. David, you grew up in Grand Rapids. Then after high school hockey, you went and played semi-pro in Shreveport, Louisiana. And then from there to the University of Maine. So you've created your own triangle of geography there. I want you to compare the differences between the areas. Um, But more importantly, I'd love to hear about the hockey culture from place to place. Because I know it's a big deal out east. I've never been in a place where I feel like it's been a massive deal. But I'd love to hear about the culture of hockey when you go from place to place. Yeah, I mean, I look back on the last six years and it's like, I spent three years in Louisiana and I've been three years in Maine. It's like, it's crazy, you know? And playing hockey in both those places is pretty special. But um, I mean, 18 year old graduating high school and like, you're like, oh, I'm gonna go play hockey in Louisiana. You're like, what? what is that? You know, you, you, I had no idea what to expect. Um, I was so nervous when we got dropped off there to, you get dropped off at a billet family. So you're living with like a host family that is from the area is usually season ticket holders, stuff like that. And parents just drop you off at the house and you're just part of that family then. And so like, I, I was terrified, but then like the first couple weeks there, like you realize down South, man, people it is just family, like instant family. Like if you have ties with people, it's just, there's a lot of love, especially in where I was. So, um, that was special. And like the hockey. Yeah. Yeah. So dude, I'm going back in June, um, for a wedding. One of our teammates is getting married to a girl he met down in Shreveport. So he's getting married back down there in June. So the whole team from our national championship team, the whole team's going back for the wedding. Like it's going to be, it's going to be electric. So like the, the memories and stuff to, to talk about the old, the old times, it's going to be pretty cool. Um, but like hockey culture down in, in Louisiana is, I mean, there's, there's not a ton of youth hockey. The programs are starting to grow and stuff, but like that whole organization was built from the, it was the CHL, like the old, it was like old pro hockey. It was kind of like AHL level esque kind of. And so it was like this whole Southern league down there um, out of Dallas, Amarillo, all of the semi pro or junior hockey teams that we all played on down there, they used to be professional teams. And so like that culture has kind of been around. So like my coach, our GM, and one of the assistant coaches, they all played on that pro team back in the day. So like the culture has kind of been established there for a long time. And so when they brought back the junior hockey team, people were so hungry for, for hockey again down there. And it's just like it, it, it flourishes more than more than you would think, which is pretty sweet. Yeah, because usually you hear you hear like deep south and you immediately think of like SEC football. Oh, yeah. But yeah. hockey is not too far off of, from a, of a contact sport. And I feel like right. that's something that the South could for sure get into. Well, they like the fight, man. Like, they just want yeah. the hits. They want the fighting. And, like, they want the goals. I don't think they know the in-between, like, the skill and stuff <laughs> like that. I don't think they picked on that. That's, like, the big difference with here in Maine. It's, so, like, at a Maine hockey game, like, you make, like, a really good move or, like, make a really good pass. Like, you hear the crowd, like, kind of get electric in it. Like, in Shreveport, you don't, they don't pick up on that as much. But, like, the hits, the fighting, like, erupts like it they love that so that's definitely a difference between the two um because i think they're just looking for a little bit more more of that like you said um there the hitting and the the violence of the sport which is fun trent did you have a piece you wanted to add to that 
Well, yeah, Dave, I'm just curious because, like, for those who don't know, I mean, you have worked your butt off to get to where you're at because, I mean, you had to do the Shreveport thing, and now you're finally playing Division One hockey at Maine, which is on a very short list of programs that is national standard. And I'm just curious, yeah. like, I'm a little biased because my Spartans just won the Big Ten, but, like, I'm looking around at, at the state of college hockey. Like, I feel like it's flourishing, and it's at an all-time – maybe – been an all-time high but the state of college hockey certainly feels great like what's it like to be right in that scene you're in the middle of it oh it's so cool it's just like you said it's flourishing right now and like i think just the state of hockey it at the pro level and the college level right now is just it's really taking off um which is exciting to to see and like you see like the professional women's hockey league that started up and that's doing really well at the main stages of that so it's cool to see all that stuff but like to be a part of like a national contending program here is, I mean, that's, that's just the, the dream, you know, like I was a kid and I would watch college hockey games. Like I, I loved college hockey. That's, I, that's the whole reason I went to Louisiana was to go play division one college hockey. like be at a, a place like the university of Maine. It's, it's so special. And to be up there with those big 10 teams, like hockey is different where it's not like the secs and the all big schools, big 10 isn't always the, the top dog. So, it's cool for like the hockey schools like us, Boston College, Boston University, to national attention in those smaller schools. Um, and just with where college hockey's going, you, you see so many more things on social media about college hockey. And then like even like the um, ACHA, the like club level Division One, like down in the South, like those programs are starting to do really well as at, uh, like the SECs, um, those schools. So, like I wouldn't be surprised if college hockey just continues to grow. Um, you see more Division One teams and, and more players competing at a, at a high level and continue to move on to the, to the NHL. So um, talking University of Maine, is hockey like their sport? Like everyone, all the chatters about like the hockey games, like is that what everyone packs the arena for? Yeah, it, it's it's special up here. Um, there's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of college hockey teams that get the support that we get from the university, from the entire community. I mean, we've sold out, I think we sold out every single home game this year, except for one. Uh, and that was like a Sunday at like five o'clock. Um, so it was like a weird time. So the support we get here is, it's insane. Now that we've been having some more success, like you feel it all throughout the state. Like you go down to, to Southern Maine and people are talking about it. Um, we sold out the Maine Mariners. Um, they're like an East Coast hockey team. Uh, we sold out their big stadium down there in Portland. Uh, which was pretty cool. So it's like ah, energy so and everything. Right yeah, it is. It is. And I like when our when the hockey program's doing well, um, it's it's for, it's just good for the school. It's good for the whole community. And honestly, we, we brought in a new athletic director a couple of years ago and he's been doing such a good job. Um, all of our programs are doing really well. Our our women's soccer team uh won the America East uh tournament this year. Our women's basketball team just uh won the regular season for America East. So it's, it's pretty cool to see what's going on here uh, with all the athletics programs. And we just got like a $90, $90 million um, investment into the athletics facilities and pro, um, programs. So we're going to have like a new basketball stadium coming in. The whole hockey rink's getting renovated, new locker room, stuff like that. So there's really good things on the rise with, with Maine. Uh, and when the athletics are doing well, you see, you see that, uh, that start to show throughout the, the whole community and the whole school. Yeah, well, it sounds like, Dave, it really does sound like you're in a great place. And folks, listening to this, I'm sure you can agree with me when I say this, that David is a passionate guy. 
and he is fully invested into his craft. He's fully invested into his sport. And Dave, I have the we have the utmost respect for that. Um, like carrying this passion towards the game, I want to talk about just the the state of the main hockey team for a second. Um, currently, I don't know when the new rankings come out, but the last time I checked, you're ranked ninth in the nation. Split yep. against Vermont. I know that's a hot subject right now. I don't want to yeah. talk about that. Split against <laughs> a little touchy, a little touchy. Yeah. How how are we looking at the rest of the year here? Yeah, yeah. So we got two games left in the regular season. Uh, we play UMass Amherst, which I believe I haven't checked the hockey's rankings um, right now, but I think they're right either below us or right above us in the hockey standings. I can actually tell you right now. Um, so yeah, they're they're two points lowest in the hockey standings. So we did them this weekend, last regular season games of the year. Um, and so these, this is a big weekend coming up. Uh, right now, I mean, if we can take care of business this weekend, uh, we should get a bid into the national tournament, which is exciting. They take the top 16 teams uh, in the rankings and the top rankings. So it's a committee decision. There's a, um, a selection show and everything on that. So if we can, if we can do a, a job at home this weekend against UMass, uh, we'll be sitting in a good spot. We should, if we, if we split with them this weekend, we'd get a buy into the first round of the hockey's playoffs, and we'd have home ice advantage, which would be huge. And then we should get a bid into the national tournament uh, as well. So it's exciting stuff here right now, man. Like we're kind of we're kind of going through it a little bit as a team. We've split the past couple weekends. We got swept against our rival at UNH the other weekend. So it's like we're kind of going up and down right now, facing a little adversity, but. Honestly, it's a kind of a good time to go through it because uh, you face that towards the back end of the year. And if you can find your way through it before the playoffs start, you're kind of humming at a, at a really good pace uh, going into the games where it's like one or done. So uh, we're as captains and coaches, like we're kind of getting things, getting things in line, uh, trying to figure out uh, what we need to do to, to get us back on track to where we were at the beginning of the year where things are kind of just going really smooth for us. Dave, you kind of just slipped in there that you're a captain, which is a huge flex. Um, so you're a captain of this <laughs> team. Bad. You were a captain in high school. <laughs> you were a captain in high school. I want to know, like, what's different about being a captain of high school where it's your buddies and you've grown up together. And for those who don't know, your dad was the coach. Like, he built that yeah. program into this crazy, like, state-of-the-art I mean, we were the only – Granville was the – I don't mean to the go Brazil down this road. Name, the Brazil name is, yes. like, a Granville. It's a big deal. <laughs> legacy and, and we're, we're not That's being so facetious weird. here but yeah. i just want to know david how is it different from being a captain of a of, of granville bulldogs program compared to the main black bears what's the difference i mean i mean it's definitely a big difference there's a little bit more pressure on you um just to perform for the for the whole school the whole state of maine because i mean really the whole state gets behind us but Luckily, I was able, after high school, I went to Shreveport, obviously. And so, like, I had two years as a captain there, Shreveport, of my three years. And so I was able to really kind of find my groove as a leader and, like, what it meant to lead, uh, what it meant to bring a group of guys together and um, help other guys be able to lead alongside me and not try and do it yourself. So I had a couple of years down in Shreveport where I really developed that. And, like, I'm still developing my, my leadership. It's uh, – it's a process for sure. You, you never, uh, you never can get satisfied with, with that. And I think this year um, I've learned a ton just because the stakes are higher. Everything's more pressure. Like the skill level's higher. You're, you're facing 
a bigger age gap of guys where we have 18 year olds and we have 24 year olds, you know, so like navigating that's a whole thing. So, and then also my first two years here, we didn't have a ton of success. Um, and so like that added call it pressure, it pressures, we call it a privilege. And we've had that privilege now where it's like, we're having success. And now like as a leader, it's dealing with, you know, like how do you handle that as a leader? So I've been facing a ton of stuff this year, which has been, which has been really good for me. You know, it keeps you on your toes and us right now going through it uh, like we are, it's, um, it's good for us and it's good for our whole leadership group and, and everybody to be able to step up and, and take steps in the right direction. But from high school to here, it's, it's totally different, man. It's a, it's a whole nother beast, but it's uh it's an absolute honor. And like, I mean, I wouldn't have it any other way. Just uh, it's, it's special to see all the captains that came before me here at the university of Maine, like the big names and stuff. And uh, to be, to be among them is honestly one of the biggest honors that I'll ever get to have in my life. So it's a, it's a blessing for sure. This has got me so hyped up for Black Bear hockey, man. <laughs> when's the next game? When's, when's the match against UMass? Friday. Friday. We're home Friday at uh, 7 or 8, 8 o'clock. It's, it's going to be a good one. Tune in, ESPN+. Plus. So, so Dave, I got to throw in this little piece here because as I was doing my research, you know, I'm not a big hockey guy as it is. Yeah. Um, but obviously with you being in, in the, the D1 college hockey, the I was going to say the big leagues, it's not the NHL, but essentially of college hockey, the big leagues. Um, yeah. I was looking through the rankings and to, to my own understanding, little did I know that my current school is ranked university of Nebraska. Omaha is right oh, outside yeah. of the top 16. They're ranked 18th right yeah. now. Yep. So uh, Maverick Nation, stand up as well. They might be uh, <laughs> they might be coming for a playoff spot too. A little healthy rivalry. Now I was I introduced that because I wanted to ask for the NCAA tournament. Is it like basketball where there's regions that you play, or are you going to home field or home ice and traveling? Yeah. So it's it's regional, like college uh, basketball. So they have set regions, um, and then they're split up into like four teams in each region. Uh, and then whoever comes out of that is, is comes out of it. So, which is pretty cool. So, I mean, I wish they would add in the the home ice advantage because the fans and everybody like the support. It's such an advantage, and then it's also such a good thing for the community and for the schools. Um, but where it is right now, I mean, it, it's also cool to those other places with those four teams and and be among among that group and compete against them. Uh, so it's there, there's there's give and take for for both of them, but. Yeah, to see what Nebraska is doing. We played them my freshman year. We went down there. Uh, they got such a cool facility down there. They're they're a really good, really good program. I got a buddy on that team, defenseman, and he's having a great year. So it's uh, it's cool to see them having success. It'd be awesome to see them sneak into that top sixteen. Yeah, I might I might get torn a little bit on that matchup. No, I'm come on, come on. <laughs> um, so you said there was a selection Sunday, correct? Like for the college hockey. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, yeah, that's, like, uh, I don't know if it's like sucky, but like, I, f I almost like feel for you a little bit because does that often get clouded by basketball selection Sunday? Cause it should be yeah, around I mean, the time then, right? Yeah, it totally is. I mean, you're not going to compete with March Madness and we know that. And we have our fan base. We have the people that support college hockey and we ride with them and, um, I mean, I love March Madness just as much as the next guy. So I got, I got no complaints about it. It's got to be the tournament and in, in all of sports, like it's so cool. Uh, mm -hmm. so, I mean, it's hard to compete with that, but, uh, 
it's it's it is what it is you know and Trent said earlier college hockey is getting a lot of traction and it's starting to flourish and get a lot of following so um hopefully more people are tuning in and, and follow along with what's going on here at the at the d1 level yeah um a kind of fun question i had for you dave is is it is it true about the lobster out there in maine oh my goodness let me tell you about it. It's so good, man. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, summertime comes here and it's like, so we're about an hour, like 45 minutes from the coast, from like Bar Harbor, Acadia National Park. Uh, absolutely beautiful there. But so you drive along the coast there and there's just lobster shacks. You can buy fresh lobster. You can cook it yourself. They'll cook it for you. There's all these um, restaurants that serve lobster rolls and fresh, uh, fresh lobster, like right, I mean, caught like that day. It's, it's pretty cool. Uh, so like the food here is fantastic. The seafood's insane. Lobster rolls, like gotta be one of my top five favorite foods now. Let's I mean, they're, go. they're, they're so good, man. They're so yeah, good. Well, so they, Dave, they're Dave, like, I gotta ask you this. I gotta ask you cause you came from Louisiana before this yeah. and they're known for the, the gumbo and all that. What's better. Yeah. What do you like better? The main food or the, the Shreveport food? Um, it's so different. I mean, it's like, yeah. it's funny. I went, I went from crawfish to little lobsters to like real lobsters up here. Um, I, I mean, crawfish is fun. It's like, that's food in Louisiana is more like a community thing. You know? it's like people come together. They, they have like a big crawfish boil, whatever it is. So like, I like that side of it more where it's like such a community, like family relations, stuff like that. And then up here, it's like, I think it's hard to beat the lobster up here, man. It's hard to beat the seafood, like fresh out of, fresh out of the ocean right there. Uh, so I, I think I got to go with the food up here. But just the the vibe of what food means down in the south is, is pretty cool, too. You're going to give you're going to get some Louisiana people hitting you up that are about oh, they're gonna, hands after that. They're going to be they're going to be pretty upset. My billet family might not let me stay with them for that wedding anymore. <laughs> 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 they better not hear this. <laughs> Well, Dave, we're rounding out 20 minutes here so far. I had one more question I wanted to ask you before we let you go. Obviously, yeah. we're looking at we're looking at one of the star defensemen on the University of Maine men's hockey team. He's a busy guy. He's got to hit the weight room. He's got to hit the ice. He's got to skate around. He's got to sign some autographs probably. I mean, look at this guy. Um, I won't we won't keep it too much longer. I wanted to get some insight. So when me and Trent kind of came together and we, you know, we were like, we want to interview David, you know, what kind of questions we want to ask. One of the things that's inch that piqued me and Trent's both interests is this whole idea of the NIL process. And you, as well as the University of Maine hockey team, are you guys partnered with US Cellular? Is that correct? Yeah. 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 That's one of our uh, one of our big sponsors for the whole university. I I don't know about you, Trent, but I just like want to know like how everything like how did that go down and like what yeah. did, what did they say to you as the individual and like yeah I'm right. just I'm just curious about the process. Yeah, so I mean, obviously all the nil stuff came out and we were all pretty pumped about it, but like had picked up a ton of traction up here. I mean, you see it with the the bigger schools, SEC, Big Ten stuff like that. Um, but I just got reached out to like a little way into the, like a probably a month into the season USLA I got an email um and uh they reached out on social media just said hey like, we'd really like to partner with you um to promote they have a whole initiative talking about like healthier social media habits and own habits where it's like rather than 
the whole thing is rather than spending time stuck on your phone, like at a sporting event or at dinner or whatever it is, it's more like have health habits of like putting your phone away and just like being in the moment. Um, so like that's their big thing, which is, which is cool coming from a cell phone company. So pretty neat. Um, and I was like, you know what, that sounds pretty cool. And, um, I, it's not like a ton of work. I, I post a couple times on social media. I, I had like had a promotion last Sunday, uh, at one of their stores where people could just come and I signed autographs for them and take some pictures what? and we like, we like shot hot pot stuff together. And so like, yeah, and it's, it's all compensated for. Um, but it's all between me and them. The school isn't allowed like come in and my coaches can't be involved, stuff like that. It's just between me and me and them. And the nice thing with US Cellular is since they sponsor the school, I'm able to wear like University of Maine branded stuff where if they weren't associated with the school, then I wouldn't be able to associate with the like, University of Maine at all. So that's also a, a really nice piece of it as well, where it's like I can I can support University of Maine while continuing to support US Cellular, uh, which is which is pretty neat. Dave, my last question for you, and this can be a quickie, but we obviously we talked about the Bulldogs, Granville. You still have plenty of ties there. Your dad's still killing it. Oh, yeah. Um, I just want to know if you have one message to the boys back home, uh, what would it be right now? The, to the Bulldogs back home? Yes. Or to oh man. Well, they had a they had a good year this year. Um, I, I'm always following along with my dad's team and skate with them in the summer. Um, I would just say, like, I'm proud of what they're doing right now. You know, they're continuing to build their own legacy. Uh, we tried to leave a good legacy for them to, to follow, and they're doing a good job of it. And they got a heck of a coach there with uh, with Coach Brazil, and they're lucky <laughs> to have him. So uh, it's, uh, it's, it's good stuff back there in Granville. I love going back and seeing everybody. And uh, spending time there. So I'm looking forward to it uh, coming up soon. And hopefully we can all get together down there and play some hoops. Absolutely, David. Absolutely. Uh, barring, barring my, uh, barring getting injured in the game with you playing. So I might, I might have Come to. On. I'm going <laughs> to, I'll clamp you down now. I know you're rusty. I know I st- you're rusty. I still remember when I hit the game winner on you when we were at Calvin one time, but I it's know. okay. <laughs> you're, you're better. You're honestly I think you just take it more personally when I guard you and you just make crazier shots. Like if I'm in your face trying to block you, you have a better chance of making it than if I'm like sagging way off of you, I swear. Because you just want to make it personal and, and beat me. It's always, it's always been a brother thing, Dave. It's always been a brother thing, right? Oh, yeah. you're like you're just that extra oh, the competition. bit of that you I get. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but hey, man, we appreciate your time, David. We really do thank you for coming on. Me and Trent are, are huge Black Bear fans. We have been, we are for sure now. Hopefully we get some traction from our listeners as well to tune yeah. in. Um, yeah. Dave, yeah. I don't know if you how much you listen to the, the podcast, but we always like to end doing a little segment called Reflect and Project. And I thought it would be fun if we ended this interview with you and Trent both participating in our reflection today. So how yeah. this works is I will pick a team of any sport from history Um, I'll give my little spiel on it. And then you and Trent together are going to try and name as many players or coaches from that team. Wow. I like this. I like this. I'm glad I got Trent with me, though. Yeah. (laughs) Trent's a ringer. Trent's a ringer. (laughs) Okay. So. Are you going to be nice to me and go hockey? Or are you going to be nice to me and go hockey? We got David Brazil. 
on the on the podcast today. We are going to keep it on the ice, and we are going to go to the NHL, specifically mm-hmm. to the year 2008, where our state team, Detroit Red Wings, won the last Stanley Cup against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And we are going to see how many people Trent and Dave can name from that historic Red Wings squad. I have the roster up here, and I think this is final. So if if you guys start naming people and they're not (laughs) on there, I might have to cross-reference. But I have the list, and I'm ready when you guys are, whoever wants to start. Well, let's go, Dave. Let's go one and one. You, You can start it off. Go for it. Okay. Well, we'll go head coach Mike Babcock. Mike Babcock was the coach. Wait, All right. wait, wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. Am wait, I wrong? Wait. Nope, you're right. That's you're right. Yeah. I had a double check. Don't scare me like that. Best player on the team, probably Henrik Zetterberg. Goat. The, he was a forward, correct? Yes. Correct. Captain. Yes. Oh, Captain. it was Lindstrom there. No, no, no. Lindstrom. Well, that's the guy. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, Lindstrom yeah. was on the team. Yeah. Mm, all right. In the net, Chris Osgood. Ozzy, shout out. Chris shout Osgood out was in the net that year. Shout out, Ozzy. I'll go for another defenseman. We'll go Brian Rafalski. Brian oh. Rafalski from Dearborn. Legend. Homegrown. Yep. Good guy. Great player, man. <laughs> what a pull for Dave. Um. This is where I got to start to – I get my eras mixed up sometimes with the Wings because, you know, they've yeah. just been so good for so long. It's kind of hard. Yeah. Um. Was Johan Franzen on that team? The mule. He was. Johan Franzen was on the team. Yes. Good pull, okay. Trent. Good pull. The mule. That <laughs> guy. Pull, that guy was Um. All right. We'll go with the, uh, the greatest net front player on the power play of all time, Thomas Holmstrom. Thomas Holmstrom was on the team. Right wing. Yes. Dang, you guys are kind of rocking this right now. So there's there's two people that I recognize that you still haven't said yet, which I know. Everyone I I, I haven't recognized these past four names. I think you know Pavel Datsuk. Yes. Pavel Datsuk is on this team. I think you also would know Nicholas Cronwall. Yeah, just like that. There's the two guys that I knew right there. Yeah, just like that. Just like that. (laughs) All right, guys. Um, Still rolling here. Let's keep it going. uh, Dave, I I could be off base on this. I'm going to say Darren McCarty, D-Mac. Darren McCarty was on the team. It's right wing. Good pull. Oh. oh man, let's see. I know I'm running out. I'm running out. I know. I'm trying to think, defenseman. Um, was Brian Stewart on the team? That could be I'll crazy. Give, I'll give you a Brad Stewart. Brad Stewart. Brad Stewart. That's Brad how it goes. Stewart. What a wow. Pull. That's that's an absurd pull. <laughs> <laughs> I. Might have to. I might be tapping out, but I, I'm going to give one more guess. But it's it's it is just that. It's a guess. Um, is Jimmy Howard the backup goalie? Was young Jimmy Howard on that team? 
young Jimmy Howard was not the backup goalie. We're going to go with Dominic okay. Pasek. He was – so Jimmy was still at the University of Maine, I think. Um, he's a he's a humane old. Oh, Black Bear Nation. Shout out. Shout out, Jimmy. Yep. Black well, Dave, that's Nation. all I got. You keep going. You keep going, brother. That's all yeah, I got. Um, tank, Dave. Yeah, I got a couple more, I think. <laughs> uh, a couple more came to my I, – I mean, come on. Those are my wings. Valtteri Filippola. Mm. Uh, yes, Valtteri Flipula. You remember him? Remember him? Of course. No, I don't. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I only got one more, and he's still in the league right now. I don't know if this might have been too soon, but was Darren Helm on the team? Darren Helm. Um, was I'm not seeing his name. All right, all right. That's where I. That's where I'm. Okay. That was a good uh, run. Yeah, wow. That was a good yeah, run. Yeah, how many did we get? What did we get? Uh, so you got Zetterberg. Oh, wait. Darren Helm was on the team. Was he? Was yeah, he? he was. He was. Okay. Oh, no. so okay, got... well, well not, I'm not done then. Because cause if Darren Helm was on the team, that means Justin Abdicator was on the team as well. Justin Abdicator. Another Michigan boy. <laughs> Michigan State, go green. Yeah, I'm not seeing Justin Abdicator. Oh, all right, fair enough. Mm. Fair enough. Man, I am honestly impressed with this run. <laughs> so that's not bad. That's bad. You got, you got uh, Zetterberg. You got Helm, Flipula, Holmstrom. You got Cronwall, Rafalski, Stewart, Lindstrom, and Osgood. That's like 10. That's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, that's a record for the show. That's a show record. And I, I'll say this. I'm very glad I had Dave for one, but I'm also very glad that you went 08 instead of 97 because yeah. at least we lived through 08, and I kind of yeah. do remember some of the players yes. from watching that run. That yeah, was fun, lady. though. That was a great pick. Yeah. That was a good picky. That was a good picky. You, you gave us a chance. First time I'm hearing a lot of these names, man, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to watch Dave, Dave, Dave. Dave, real quick, real quick. What are the Wings doing this year? Are they making a run? Yeah, they're gonna make the playoffs. They yeah, should. They're go. they're top they're top of the wild card right now. Uh, I mean that conference is so good, man. Like Tampa, Boston, Toronto, like absolute wagons of team. What they're doing is pretty cool. Uh, they'll be in the wild card spot. I'd like to see them hopefully get past the first round, and I think that'd be a pretty successful season for the boys. Go Wings! Let's go! Go Wings, baby! Come on! Well, David. <laughs> Um, me and Trent can both speak for this here. It's been such a pleasure having you on the pod. Thanks for coming on, sharing your experiences, uh, sharing your love for the game. It's awesome seeing just in, in any, in any facet of the world, it's awesome seeing somebody so passionate about their craft that it's contagious. And I feel like that is truly the case with you, your passion and love and desire for wanting to do great things and wanting to impact the world around you. Uh, flourishes and it seeps into everything else that you uh, touch. So thanks for coming on and sharing that. Uh, Black Bear Nation, as always, we will be cheering for you and the squad as we look towards the NCAA tourney and the end of the regular season, man. I appreciate that, boys. I appreciate that. That's uh, so fun coming on here with you guys. We should honestly, if we're all back in the summer at some point, maybe we could do one in person, uh, recap the season and and talk next year and, and what where things are at. One in person would be pretty fun if we can if we could try and make that happen. 
Hey, the Double Tech Absolutely. Podcast might become a sponsor of. Uh, we might do a little partnership <laughs> with the University yeah, of Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> I need U.S. Cellular in my in my DMs here. <laughs> hey, well, hey, all the listeners, all you listeners out there who didn't have a college hockey team, now you do. It's the Maine Black Bears. Dave, you're a legend. We appreciate you for coming on. This is a huge boost for the show, and we love you. I love, uh, love you, boys. Love you, boys. This is awesome. All right, and we will see y'all next week. Peace.